you know, when I was telling my friends and family that I was going to culinary school, they were like, that's interesting. You know, I don't know anyone else in culinary school. I don't know what it's like to be in culinary school. Like, what is it like to be in culinary school? <laughs> fucking awesome. I don't know if I could curse on here, but it's, you could curse. it's you like absolutely fucking curse. <laughs> if you're passionate about food the way that I am, it just like you get even more excited. I feel like a kid in a candy store. Welcome to the Not Just Bagels podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Spellman. I'm here with my co-host and father, Scott Spellman. And today's guest, we have the culinary kid from Queens, Alessandra Shufo. Uh, the Flavors by Ale is her Instagram. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on. I am doing amazing. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, I can't believe that I'm in Utopia Bagels, the Utopia Bagels after hours. The fact that I came in through the back, that was just the... That was enough. That was enough. <laughs> that made my day. I have to ask you something, though. Who gives a better hug, Guy Fieri or Rachel Ray? Is that even a question? <laughs> we, know, <laughs> I, we know who the answer is. The answer is... Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Uber Eats. Whether you're in love with our delicious bagel or you're in need of your favorite irresistible treat, Uber Eats will help you satisfy that craving. And today they're offering new users $25 off any order. Just enter code, not just bagels. Now that's a good deal. You know, I think I'm gonna order in tonight. It's gonna be Guy Fieri, just gives that pussy <laughs> hug. We had, a, we had a side bet off camera on that one, so I think I owe McGraw some money. But, <laughs> yeah, you lost. do, you do. Why don't you tell us a little about that experience of being on a cooking show at such a young age and going back on cooking shows and being in the spotlight for your cooking skills. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So I'm outgoing now, but when I was younger, so when I first went on the shows, I was like 11, 12 years old. I was like rambunctious. So I think in a way, I didn't even realize what was going on. I was just so excited to be there. I didn't understand like how big it was, but I was just like really um, on my own. I was like, I love this. I love being in front of the camera. I was super excited to get to meet like Rachel Ray and Guy Fieri. You know, I did this like web series first. It was like a kid's web series called Super Chef Kids. And I got recognized from one of the producers on that show who was on the board of this Rachel versus Guy Kids cook-off. And of those eight kids on the web series, they were like, well, we want you to come back on. You know, you have this interesting personality. And so come be on season one of Rachel versus Guy Kids Cook-Off. So off we went to California two weeks. We filmed that. It was amazing. It was kind of like a dream come true because I grew up watching Food Network. You know, I watched Rachel Ray and Jada Laurentis and Guy Fieri and always said, like, I want to be one of those people like on the TV. And you know, it's kind of crazy because I took a little bit of a detour. You know, I went to high school, I went to college, I graduated from business school, and now I'm back in culinary school. And in a way, it's like, despite that detour, my whole life has been on this trajectory, like getting me to like building to that point. And so it's kind of crazy now that the world has changed. Like, do people really watch TV as they normally do on, you know, Channel 7 as much? No, we're consuming media in different ways. We're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, we're watching Netflix, we're streaming. So it's kind of crazy that now we have the opp opportunity, the ability to build our own platform. And so I've kind of done that in a way with my accounts, Flavors by Ale. So it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, it's definitely awesome that you were able to get that recognition on your own and also being able to meet some of the superstars. What were the emotions like when you met Rachel Ray for the first time? I think I remember almost like crying. Like I'm a very like extra person, if you will, but it's very genuine. So 
the emotions were just overwhelming. Like I remember standing there with like the other kids on the show and they just kind of sent in Rachel and Guy without telling us. And all of a sudden we're standing there and like we're talking and then like Guy and Rachel are just standing there. We're like, we're like, oh my God, like that's crazy. We've grown up watching you and now you're here and you know, you're going to mentor us for the next four weeks, which I think was the coolest part about being on the show was, so I was on Team Guy. So if you go back to that <laughs> question, I mean, it's given that I got a few more hugs from Guy because I was on Team Guy. Um, but you know, to be able to hang out with him and get one-on-one -on -one feedback and attention, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. It was just... Especially at such a young age, definitely a great foundation to be built there. Exactly. Who won? So <laughs> I came in runner-up. It was a little bit of a drama on the set, I will say, because Guy Fieri really wanted me to win. So he was upset that I didn't win. But you know what? I ended up going on Guy's Grocery Games sophomore year of college college high school sophomore year of high school i went on guys grocery games and i won that i won 20k in the um like the sweepstakes at the end so that was clap. cue the claps uh there <laughs> that's awesome uh what kind of dishes did you guys make on the guy versus rachel show what what were you expected to do so it's kind of crazy because i think back to what i made when i was like 11 12 years old and i'm like i still make those dishes now like it was impressive. The first dish I made on that show was a blueberry and shrimp risotto in an Asiago cheese bowl. Like, I was 12 years old making like these. Now you came up You know when that? I made at 12 years old? <laughs> a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> you were making. <laughs> but you, you just came up with that naturally with the ingredients that were given to you. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair. I did get help and inspiration. So one of our really good family friends, Chef Rocco Sacramona in Astoria, he has this Italian restaurant, Trattoria L'Incontro. Yeah, of course, we know him very well. He's awesome. So he... Rocco is is staples, man. You go there, he's got fifty specials. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, you're not getting the menu. You're just about to wait to hear what the specials are. Uh, no joke, fifty specials. I think I think the star of the show of Rocco's is all the waiters who memorize and can recite to you the fifty specials. <laughs> By the end of it, you're like, wait, what was the first one again? I don't even remember. They bring in actors to be. Uh, I always go, what was the fourth one? You know, see if you can really remember. really test them. Um, but no, so Rocco is someone that's been such a huge mentor and inspiration to me from a young age. So actually, that was one of his recipes that he taught me and I made with him in the restaurant before I went on the show. At 11 years old. At 11 years old. Wow. I went in his kitchen and we're making, we're making like, we're practicing these Asiago cheese bowls because they're hard to make. You have to like melt, melt the cheese in a pan and like get it like super melty, then drop it on like an ice cold, like, like a bowl of ice water and then fold it over like a deli cup. It was like a whole process. So we're making them, we're making them. I'm 12 years old. My mom's with me and she's like, Rocco, like, it's okay. Don't worry. You don't have to keep making them with her. He goes, what? She's saving me time. We're prepping for service. We're going to use this tonight. <laughs> so it was really she, cool. She thought he was being nice. You, <laughs> he was using you. It was me to work. What, what is it? He was, she was staging. What was that? Staging. Staging. Yeah. Staging. Yeah. way, yeah. Yeah. We made pasta with him and his mom in the basement. That was cool. Um, but yeah. And then I also remember like later that week. So we went to Rocco for a little bit. And also to prep for that show, we needed a binder with 50 recipes. And I was like, well, I'm going on TV not having tried these recipes. But we had a week to make 50 recipes. It was insanity. Every day my mom's going to the supermarket buying like a hundred different ingredients. The people at like Key Food are like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> Shout out Angela. What is going on TV, all right? <laughs> shout out Angela. Literally, shout out. She's a queen. 
Um, but we were inviting all our friends and family. We're like, you need to come over. We're making like 10 recipes a day. You got to come eat. My brother and his friends loved it, though. You know, it gained a couple extra pounds those weeks. It's okay. Watching you though, talk about it, it doesn't seem like there was any time or moment that you were scared. No. I'm so, like, I don't Nervous. even hear it. Like, you know, talking about that time, that that to me is very special. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, it's funny because I hear people say to me and I never really think of it myself, but I really do have this like comfort when the camera comes on, which is ironic because like take someone like my mom, she's like me times 10 personality, like very outgoing, but a camera comes on and she's like, hi, I'm Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Come over here. Come over here. (laughs) Let's bring mom on. Let's get mom on there. Let's go. Oh, right. This is Angela. Oh, yeah, talk on Jesse's. Hi. <laughs> She's not in her eyes. I could do it if I asked to. I do you're, bro- you're learning. You're learning. I am America. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that was your five minutes of fame. Uh, but all jokes aside, where did that passion and love for cooking start? So the passion for cooking started with my family. You know, my grandmother, my mom's mom, my nonna Pompea. She was like your classic Italian grandmother, making sauce every Sunday, cooking every day. Every time you go there, stuffing like meatballs, chicken cutlets, whatever she made fresh that day. Rice bowls. Yeah, exactly. All the good stuff. Um, So I was just surrounded by that. But it was really also my dad. So my dad, when he was in med school, worked in restaurants as a way to learn, like learn the languages of different countries. So he did this in France. He did this in London. He did this in New York and also to make extra money. So he worked in restaurants in the back, busboy, waiter, um, you know, moved around, hopped in the kitchen. And so he's always been a very like big foodie and curious about trying different things. We've made fresh mozzarella. We've made a million versions of creme brulee pizza. We've hung capocolos in our basement. Like we've made the fresh wine. Like he's always interested in these like different projects and he inspires me. He's kind of like the one who you know, we open the fridge. We're like, what? What's? What can we make with what we have here? Whereas my mom, she's a good cook, but she's like the mommy cook. You know, she cooks because she has to. She doesn't love it. She's not passionate. She <laughs> cooks to feed, puts the food on the table. Exactly. Whereas my dad is more like, oh, let's like get a, this new project going. Like, oh, you want to make sushi? Let's go to Flushing, get all the stuff, and like, make let's make sh- sushi from scratch. That's awesome. Where in Italy is your family from? So my dad is from Sardinia, which is the island above Sicily, starting to get more known right now, but amazing food, beautiful beaches. And my mom is from south of Naples in this little tiny town in the mountain called Latronico. And what kind of dishes are are, uh, those towns known for? So I would say that Sardinia is a mix because it's obviously an island. So all the coast, lots of fresh seafood, um, you know, calamari and all that good stuff but also their inland has like amazing lamb and suckling pig so like roast pork with like or lamb chops and rosemary like potatoes delicious stuff and then my mom's town it's very rustic it's like a little teeny town in the mountains where one of those places where like it's like they close down shop for lunch like you go around walking around the town at lunch it looks like a ghost town and all you hear is like everybody sitting and eating lunch and so like we always say like there's this one significant sound that you can associate with Latronico, and it's that everyone at like two o'clock in the afternoon, nobody's on the town, it's a ghost town, but everyone's windows are open because they're not paying for air conditioning. <laughs> and all you hear is the clinking of silverware as people are like eating lunch. 
and like drinking and just enjoying their family. And so it's unique because you don't see that a lot, especially when you come from New York, when it nonstop, 24 hours a day, there's always something going on. But it's it's a special place. And there it's like you go to the, you know, you go to the butcher, you go to the fish shop, you go to the fruit and vegetable stand. They're special. You know, they're, they're really special places. Uh, we went on our honeymoon to Italy and just exactly what you're talking about, like the, the resting time, you know, uh, for lunch, uh, the whole basic town will stop. It's something I think could never happen here, but should happen here. A slower way of living. It's like the famous saying, it went like viral on Instagram, like, dolce fa niente, like, sweet to do nothing, you know? Like, just relax, like everyone, they take a nap. And then they go back out and they reopen the shops and you go and get anything you need for like dinner and you go for another like passeggiata again, like a walk around the piazza. So that's what I grew up doing. And so it's interesting to have this like dual influence of like, you know, we'd spend our summers there in that little tiny town for like a month, two months with my grandparents. And it was it was interesting and it was cool. Uh, you talk about your nona or no, no, I'm maybe saying it wrong. But like, when was the first dish you remember making with her? Like, what, how old? Easy. Three years old Sunday sauce. That was one thing I was really happy that from a young age, my parents weren't afraid to like, you know, get me in front of the stove or like give me a knife. So by three years old, I was standing on stools in front of the stove on Sundays, stirring a big old pot of tomato sauce. So do you to you call it sauce or gravy in your family? I get so upset by this. It is not <laughs> gravy. Gravy is that brown stuff that you have with like you know, roast beef or like a turkey. No, I don't like understand the green. It's upsetting. It honestly sauce. upsets me. It's sauce. Sunday sauce. Yeah, I like to call it sauce. Sauce. <laughs> sauce. There's a the devil and they say sauce. You have any interesting or funny stories from Italy you could tell us? The first time I went to Italy, I was two weeks old or maybe a month old. I was a month old. So my parents were living in Sicily at the time. My dad was getting his green card. So he went to go back to Sicily to like work in a hospital there. And so uh, my parents had moved there in October. I'm due in December. They come home to have me around the holidays. New Year's baby. Um, two weeks later, we go to the passport office. My mom's birthday is New Year's. Oh, really? <laughs> they go. Capricorns. <laughs> um, so two weeks later, my mom's holding my neck. We're getting a passport picture. And four weeks later, so about a month years old, uh, we head back to Italy. So my first two years, we were living in Sicily. So it's kind of crazy growing up like, you know, you're starting to learn um, to speak and stuff and you're listening and I'm hearing Italian and some English. I mean, my brother, I'm jealous of him. He did kindergarten and first grade in Italy. So he like really got that experience. Yeah, he's fluent. I mean, I speak fluent Italian too. I speak fluent Italian. As my dad, he like says that I make grammatical errors, but I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's impossible to be perfect. So it's your own style too. Exactly. I'm like, I don't care. They understand me with <laughs> And you spoke about being on Guy's Grocery Games in uh, sophomore year of college. How many times were you on television up until that point? So it was sophomore year of high school. So at sophomore year of so, high school, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. I That was my second time being on TV or third. Well, because I was on the Rachel Ray show five times, like to date. Before that? No, to date. So at that point, I think I had been on it once before. So that was like my third time being on TV. And at that point, were you nervous going against, were you going against other kids or it was adults also? So it was other like teens, like we were teens at that point, we're all the same age. I will say, I feel like I was a little bit more nervous on Guy's Grocery Games. I feel like it's funny if you like watch Rachel versus Guy and then Guy's Grocery Games. My like personality on Rachel versus Well, 20,000 was on the line. <laughs> no, but 
it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. <laughs> no. Like, I, it wasn't like I was nervous about the win. I cared about that. I'm hungry. <laughs> um, I feel like it wasn't even that. I think it was more just like being in high school and like caring more, I guess, about what people thought, like, think of you. You know, like when I was 11 years old, I was like super confident, didn't care. And I wouldn't say I wasn't confident when I was in high school, but it was a little bit more like, oh, my friends back home are going to watch this and think I'm an idiot. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like a little bit more like timid about like what I'm going to be perceived. People are jealous of you also, too, and probably throwing stuff at you that you didn't realize either, though, at that age, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's funny. It's just, you know, being a teenager, you're like in a different headspace. That's why, honest to God, when I won, I was shocked. Like, I just went there to have a good time. I wasn't like stressed, but I was a little bit more like calm. I wasn't like, you know, I was doing cartwheels on the first show, like on TV, like kicking cartwheels, everything. This one, I was a little bit more like, hi, I'm Alessandro. We're going to cook and like a little bit more serious. Um, So when they called my name, I was like, what? Like, I won? Like, I couldn't believe it, but it was, like, such an amazing experience. And in a way, like, looking back at it, it was, like, redemption for not having won the first show. And it just, like, it felt so good to, like, now. And at that point, like, now I'm competing against, like, other teenagers. Like, you know, what the kid, some of the kids I was competing against, like, had made, like, also, like, these, like, crazy dishes. Like, risotto or, like, banh mi sandwiches. And, like, they were, it was good food. Like, we were competing against, like, good people. So it was kind of a surreal experience. What did you make? So it was um, two rounds. The first round, I made this summer pasta, which was like a pasta with like prosciutto and arugula and shaved Parmesan and truffle oil. Um, And so it was like a light summer pasta. And then the winning dish, what I made for the second one, we had to make our favorite lunch. And so I made this Asian skirt steak salad sandwich. So it was like Asian marinated skirt steak, a nice like arugula salad with like- That one on a bagel? Yeah, it could. There we go. It would be great on a bagel, especially like a flagel, get that extra crunch. And then I had a similar dressing on this arugula salad that had like nectarines, edamame, blood orange, fennel, like beautiful, bright, and it just like came together. I remember like they show in the show like two like one judge was like definitely alessandra one judge wanted me the other judge wanted someone else and it was like the middle judge that had to decide and then i mean we didn't know this at the time like i saw this after when i watched the show but i was like it's so funny i'm like damn i guess i swung the pendulum took the whole show by storm so what was the decision like going to culinary school after college why go to college first what was yeah, Your thoughts. that's a good question. I, so I was like, you know what? I'm not sure exactly what I want to do. I know I want to be in the food food world afterwards, but, you know, business feels like a good idea. I know that this is cool. I feel like it's very well-rounded. It's applicable to, like, anything I do afterwards, and I just kind of went with it. And I it was really, definitely a good foundation, especially if you were planning to go to culinary school after. Absolutely. I feel like now with that under my belt, it, like like you said, it laid a really good foundation for, like, whatever my next steps and moves are. And at culinary school, what's the series you have on on your Instagram? So it's under the same, like it's under my page, like Flavors by Ali. But it's crazy because, you know, I had seen there was like this one girl who like blew up for doing this like day in the life of a private chef. And so I'd never thought about that format because I was posting content before I started culinary school. I was doing more like recipe videos. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, when I was telling my friends and family that I was going to culinary school, they were like, that's interesting. You know, I don't know anyone else in culinary school. I don't know what it's like to be in culinary school. Like, you know, you got to tell us how it's like. Like, What is it like to be in culinary school? <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I don't know if I can curse on you, but it's- You can curse. It's can like- Absolutely fucking curse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fucking awesome. We and it's, if you're passionate about food the way that I am, it just like you get even more excited. I feel like a kid in a candy store. But it's so amazing, and we're learning so many cool things. And I wanted to document that. I wanted to, you know, both for my friends and family. And then also for myself to like look back. It's funny. I've been talking about this with my classmates. It's like if someone misses a day of school, they're like, "I'll just watch your, I'll just watch your TikTok. I'll watch your Instagram." Catch up for Catch class up. on that. Exactly. So it became a good review. <laughs> but no, in serious. And what what school are you going to? So I go to ICE. It's the Institute of Culinary Education. It's in downtown Manhattan, um, in the Brookfield in Brookfield Place, like near the World Trade Center. But you know, I considered other schools, but for me, it was the best one because it's six to eight months long. So I call it my master's in food. I'm like, I just graduated college. I don't really want like a two to four year program. I just kind of want to get like a fast paced, like crash, crash course. Your belt. Exactly. Like be get, out into the real world. Exactly. Like get a little bit of exposure on everything. Um, Sharpen the knives. Exactly. Learn all the hard skills that like, you know, I knew how to cook. I was very comfortable in a kitchen, but you know, it's a different it's a different and thing. You learn a bunch of tips and tricks too along the way. Exactly. I can only imagine the proper techniques of doing things. And also the right people too. You'll meet a person that could really change your life. Absolutely. Why don't you walk us through a day in culinary school? Okay. So um, I'll go back from the beginning because I was looking at some of the early videos. I feel like now we're like start. Let's start with the espresso as well. Start with start. You wake the up. Yeah, you wake up. What time you wake up? Everything. Okay. Okay. My class, my class starts at eleven, so I take a nine thirty train um, from like the Long Island Railroad. So I get up at around eight eight o'clock. Sometimes if I'm going to the gym in the morning, we'll get up at six. But those days are few and far between. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Um, so I get up, I not really a breakfast person and I don't really have to be most days because it's culinary school and you get there and there's food from the other classes still out or you're making something delicious. So wake up, have some coffee, head over to school. Um, you get there and it's just like, it's crazy because I've become so accustomed to it or used to it that I don't realize it. But I remember the first few days of being like, this place is sick. You get there and everyone's like, you put on this uniform. So it's kind of like this sense of like, I feel like when you change your clothes, you come into like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like doing this task. I'm doing this job. And it's a full uniform. You know, you're putting on pants, a jacket, an apron, a cap, two blue towels, like the special shoes, like down to the T. And you go in there with your like knife roll because the school provides you with like all of the equipment that you need. And you set up your station and it has to be organized in like a very specific, like special way to be like nice and set. And then the chef will come out and say like, okay, today we're, you know, we're doing this or we're doing that. And so we like talk through the lecture. We talk through the recipes we're making, whether we're all doing it individually in teams, but it's so cool. And they have like a pull of all the ingredients to get what you need and you just kind of like get to work. And all of a sudden, four hours later, you're eating this delicious food that you've just made. You've learned a new technique. You've learned a new style of doing something. And it's just, it's genuinely so fun. I mean, I guess... For me, obviously, I'm passionate about food, so I'm really interested in it, but it really is like such a cool experience. And then, you know, the best part of it, and people ask me this all the time on my videos, we get to take home the leftovers. <laughs> so we get to wrap Doggy up. bags. So what's a test like in culinary school compared to like an essay or a multiple choice? So the tests are pretty cool. So um, depending on what we're doing, I guess let's do like a practical exam day, which is like the one where you have to like actually cook a dish. So for a practical exam day, you'll get there. And depending on what we're doing, other than the baking one, the way we've set it up is that half the class will take a written exam first and half the class will cook first. And then we swap. 
So I actually preferred cooking first most times. So you kind of get in there, you set up your station, the chef puts a timer up on the TV and like timer starts. And from that point on, you know, depending on the chef, you can have the uh, recipe or you can't. And you basically have to completely make this dish and they're observing you while you're cooking. So it's like, you know, it's test day because there's like this table at the front of the room and the chef just sits there with like a piece of paper and a pen and like will watch you while you're cooking. Are you be keeping your station clean? Are you organized? Are you like showing proper technique as you're like prepping the food. So it's not just the final product, it's the whole process. It's how you operate, how you run in the kitchen. So that's also interesting and I guess stressful, but it's ironic because I mean, I've never, more with like written exams, I guess I get a little nervous, but I feel like for the most part, I've been very calm doing these tests. You know, I remind myself, you get nervous, it's normal, but I remind myself that like, I'm excited to be here. I chose to be here. I love doing this. and. I then just have fun. I'm like singing in my head. I'm having now, a good time. When you, when you talk about these things, is there like a standard way that everybody should be or everybody has their own style in doing something like this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. So earlier on in the program, it was a little bit more like, you know, there's a certain way of doing things. Um, and so like, for instance, like we're making a seared strip steak with like palms per siad and um, blanched hair. I'll take one, please. <laughs> But there was a standard way of doing it. You know, you had to get like that perfect medium rare on the steak. You had to get your like perfect medium potato dice and, you know, fry to a golden brown crisp and toss it with the parsley and the garlic. And then you had to like perfectly blanch like the green beans so that they weren't under or over and like make the sauce with it. So there was a certain standard way of doing it. But now as we progress in the school, like to the point where I am at, like now you have more creativity. So like my final exams that are coming up, like one of them is, you know, you have to take a chicken. You have two hours and 15 minutes. You take a whole chicken. First, you fabricate it, divide it up into four pieces, um, two breasts, two dark meat pieces. So like the thigh and the legs um, and show that to chef. So show him how you fabricated this chicken. Then you go back and now have to cook the dark and the white meat in two different methods. Cook a starch, two vegetables and a sauce and plate it on two dishes and serve that to chef in two hours and 15 minutes. So it's a lot for sure. Did yeah. you ever have a test that you messed up on? Not yet. Not yet. I will say I I, I am very like type A. So I like to, you know, write out notes exactly like the order of operations that I want to do um, for the exam. Like, what am I going to do first when I get in the kitchen? What am I going to do next? Um, to try and prepare myself as much as possible. Now you know about what your dish is in the, your final. Like, how do you prep for something like that? Like, is should like one of these game shows you just handed something or like you're able to go over things for yourself? Yeah, well, for this one, they kind of help you prep. So we actually have two practice days, one for each one, because we have to do one for chicken and the next day or the first day we do it for fish. So you're fabricating the fish and doing the whole thing as well but we do get a practice one but that's because you kind of have this creative freedom now so it's like you don't have to make this like specific potato dish or the specific like prep of the protein you're able to do whatever you want so that's why they give you that extra practice because you know in the kitchen environment 16 of us my class is on the bigger side all cooking at the same time it might be a little different how hard is it to cook a monkfish a monkfish is weird. We actually just made yeah, it. I saw it on your, your Instagram. I was like, <laughs> I'd rather talk about lobster because I'm still oh, trying. Oh, girl, girl. Well, they've taught us in school to like, you have to fabricate it. That's just like a nicer way of saying kill the animal, <laughs> cut it up. 
Um, we but, can right down the middle. Bam. But no, that's what we do with the lobster. The lobster, you. So it's crazy. I've been doing it right there. No, because so actually it's funny because I get like lots of comments. People are like, "You lobster murderer," and I'm like, "That's the the most ethical way You've to call to be that for years." The most ethical way to kill a lobster is by like kind of like stabbing it in the head immediately because it just like is an immediate death versus like boiling it in water. Exactly. So, but it's kind of crazy because you're like, it's move it. So you got to put like a towel down and like you do like a quick motion and the nerves in the lobster keep moving yeah. after it's already You're dead. a lobster chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a better way of putting and it. And a lobster murder, a lobster <laughs> chiropractor. That's a better way of putting it. That's definitely a better way of putting it. Now, do you uh, like lobster? Or are you a lobster? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I feel like this is important, and I'm going to let it be known. As much as I have cooked lobster, I don't love lobster. Like, crab legs will always be superior to lobster, okay, in my king, opinion. King crab, king crab legs? Come on. Well, I don't think they need to make... with lobsters. Yeah, I mean, no, I feel like that... that I is like, like that. Yeah, and now I'm, like, kind of getting into it. I like, always love it. I Like I said, I take a big cleaver, I put it there, and I take, a, like, another hard knife and smash it, and it goes right in. Yeah, but you know what... Did they teach you that? <laughs> they taught you that at culinary no, school? No, not to do it that way. thing. No, it's <laughs> But right in that head, right, and they just like wiggle, <laughs> <laughs> like hypnotize. No, literally, it's yeah, no it issue. I think that it's also the splash zone is such an issue too. Last yes. time I did it at my house, Everywhere. I the freaking lobster went like twenty feet across the table. I'm like Whoa. You're wearing goggles. I just opened it up. I'm I'm hoping for the like the row. Yeah, it's a girl. I like that. I don't like the row. Oh, my wife loves it. She loves. A lot of it. people like the. Row. I say I took it out. I took That's it out. why I, when I see it, I go, "Oh, she's gonna love this." <laughs> when I was like 11, he used to buy a lot of lobsters, and and you know we'd have barbecues, and all my cousins were co- were coming over, so he bought like five <laughs> lobsters, and we had a big table in the backyard. And so me and my cousins were all 11, 12, 13 years old. We each grab a lobster and we did a lobster race. We were alive, so we put it on the table and we all bet whose lobster was going to get to the end of the table first. Who won? I don't even remember, but we it was just hilarious. Were they actually moving though? Which yeah, yeah, they were live I, lobsters. I was so we grabbed the hard lobsters. You know? Yeah, yeah, they were live lobsters, so we grabbed it out, you know, the bag. Mm-hmm. And they had the rubber bands on the claws, okay. thank goodness. We put it on the table, we just let them race. That's so funny. Yeah. How hard is it to cook a hot dog? Oh my God. I didn't, I'm going to be honest. I didn't enjoy that process. I won't be making hot dogs at home anytime soon. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. I, first of all, let's just like preface this with, I'm not really a hot dog gal. Like I'm more of a, a burger person. So I think that like kind of sets the, sets the ground for my decision here. But Mustard or ketchup? Ketchup. Okay. But I do like ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I like, I like, that's a hot too. take right there. Ketchup <laughs> on a hot dog. Oh my god! I do that too. I like both. I mean, I, I like both more ketchup. Um, I, I like both. But oh, I like mayo too. Yeah, but I'm a hot dog. Nah. Um, but no, it is interesting. So the hot dog process, is like, you gotta grind it first through like a meat grinder. Yeah, for everybody listening, she's not just getting a frozen hot dog and putting it on the grill. No, talking like from a piece of meat to the final product of a hot dog. of a hot dog. So you take and everything. Oh no, we didn't, make the, we didn't make the buns this oh, time. Okay. We did make brioche buns in the past, but not for this. Um, but basically, you have to like take this ground meat and cut it up. And for the hot dogs, it's like a specific ratio. It's like you use, um, we use beef actually. So we did chopped up beef, um, fat back, which it comes from pork, and then ice. 
And so you have to like blend, grind all three of them. Then you like blend just the, blend just the beef, then add like, add the ice and like get it to a certain temperature, then add the fat. You're like forming an emulsion. I'm going to be honest, it's not the most like desirable looking mixer when you look down at it, um, but it forms an emulsion and then you have to like stuff it in the casing, which is animal intestine lining. Yeah. So um, you stuff that in there and then you kind of have to like twist the links, tie it closed and you let it kind of sit overnight and then we um, like blanch them or like boil them for a while, threw them in ice and then we grilled them, which I think is the best way to have a hot dog or to have it. And did you put ketchup or mustard on at the we, end? We put both. <laughs> did, we, we did. A little relish too. Are you a relish girl? I, I don't know. I don't hate the relish, but I'm not like reaching for it. <laughs> I, I like to put coleslaw on my hot dog. Oh, that's Instead a, of sauerkraut. A little crunch? Yeah. Like that. I, that's how I like I like that. So now we're going to do something we call the proofing round, which okay. is 10 questions, 10 fast answers. Okay. Carbonara or cacio pepe? Oh, carbonara. Gravy or sauce? Sauce. Tortellini or ravioli? Ravioli. Best mozzarella in the city? Casa della mozzarella. Not even close. <laughs> that's the best. The best. <laughs> the best. Favorite caffeinated drink? Oh, just ice latte. Favorite cheese? Pecorino. Uh, no, no, Parmigiano. Oh, no, no, I got to go with uh, Gouda. Sorry, that's hard for me. I love all of them. <laughs> Ideal bagel order. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a French toast bagel. Although I got it on a flagel last weekend, and that was a game changer. Got to switch it up every now and then. And we call it a flat bagel here. Hors d'oeuvres or appetizers? Hors d'oeuvres. Rachel Ray or Guy Fieri? You can't pick one, right? They've been <laughs> so good to you. That was the proofing round. Thank you. You did great. And I have a couple, I have one more game that we're going to play. Okay. Okay. So this is called, you have to pick one of these things for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. I don't like this. I'm so indecisive. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Margarita sauce or vodka sauce? Margarita sauce. Mozzarella cheese or Parmesan? Parmesan cheese. Damn. You're throwing mozzarella under the bus like that? Uh... I promise she's picking the right stuff. I would pick about, mozzarella. I'm just thinking I, about how I can use it. Put it this way. We're going to put a chunk of mozzarella here. And I'm going to put a, a whole wheel of the Parmesan. I think you're going to put the Parmesan. I don't know. I like that's mozzarella. Hard. The that's way that they make it. Fresh mozzarella is, it hits different. But yeah, that's a hard, it's, that's hard to pick. Well, that was the games. Thank you for playing. Oh, I love, I love a good Not game. too intense. It's like Casa Mozzarella. Well, they have also a great truffle cheese, the hard one. Oh, have you ever had the truffle goat cheese from there? They, that there is not one crazy. thing in that whole place I have. My favorite is the buffalo mozzarella, the little bowl. Oh, that, I, just, I, I could eat like bowl. 73 jars of them. I just pop no, them. No, the bocconcini, like every time I go there, no matter what I'm going for, I'm like, I ask the guy to give me like, they have like this. And I'm sure you've been to the pork store with all the sauce. The Calabria pork store, I call that like, it's like heaven. I stand there and I'm he, He's a huge Yankee fan too, the owner. Oh, the really? big guy, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's living in the right place. Are you a Yankee or Met fan? Yankee fan. Let's go Yankees. There we go. <laughs> They're off to a great start of the season. Love to see it. Um, I played with that kid, Anthony Volpe. We were on the same really? team. We had the shortstop. That's kind of crazy. For the Yankees back in the day. So wish him all the best. Anthony, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think culinary school is, is meant for everybody? I know it's been perfect for you, but... You know, do you feel that some people should be going out in the field and getting their training? 
opposed to culinary? Is there a special person that should be doing this? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a question that I get all the time. So I want to like almost like preface this question. And I meant to say it before too, but like a huge part of like why I started sharing as much as I have been about my journey. So in the beginning, before I started doing it, I was like, okay, let's do it like two or three days a week. Like, you know, it's a lot of work, obviously, all the editing and like even just like capturing everything while we're there. Um, and then I start posting it and I'm getting an influx of questions from people all over the world, not even just the States. Like I'm talking like Germany and India and like England and all these different Absolutely. places, Africa, New Zealand. <laughs> and they're like, you're inspiring me. Like I want to go to culinary school or, you know, like what is your opinion? Should I go to culinary school? Should I not? People commenting like culinary school is not worth it. Like, so it became this like big open table of like, okay, maybe people that like don't have access to go to culinary school are now seeing what it's like. Maybe people who are deciding whether or not to do it are seeing it and saying like, this is the launch. Like this is gonna be the reason why I go. And I've gotten messages like that. I've walked around the school and met people who are like in the, the dressing room changing and saying like, you're the reason I'm here. Like I saw your videos and like this one girl was amazing. She came up to me and she's like, I have autism, I'm on the spectrum. And I was really unsure if I would be able to do culinary school. I didn't know what the surrounding was like. I didn't know what it would be like day to day. And you gave me that security and that information to feel secure in doing this. And so that was amazing. And so now it just made all of my work so much more meaningful. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing this for my family or friends. I'm doing this for like, the community of people out there who are on the fence of chasing their dream, chasing their passion. And I say that because it's not just food. You know, I think that like I try to make it so that my message that I share when I'm showing my content transcends food. You know, I really want people to chase after their dreams and go for it, whether that be culinary or beyond. I think that like just showing that like you can be super passionate about something and going after it no matter what, you know, your past has been. I think that's cool too. You know, I did go to business school. That doesn't mean that I can't go back to culinary school. I mean, there's people in my class, the age ranges are like crazy. There's like kids right out of high school and there's like three people that are over the age of 40. Like there's two men that are in their 60s that have had two, three careers before said, I love food. I just want to do this. I want to learn. I want to pivot. And so I think that's such an important message. Is it worth it? Is it for everyone? Because that is a really common question that I get. I'm going to be honest, I don't think that it is for everybody, potentially, depending on the type of learner you are. Maybe you don't want to like what you want to get from it and what you want to get from it. I mean, I think that for me, it was the best thing that I could have done because I genuinely just don't think that in six months time, there's another way to learn the whole gambit of information that we've received at culinary school. So it's pretty like intensive in that sense. I mean, four hours, it fly by, fly by, but- When you're having fun. Yeah, they fly by when you're having fun. Um, but it really is like we've learned like everything. We started with like easy stuff, like knife skills, foundational setting the core and the way that they like built on the classes, like it kind of like built up so you learned more and more. So we did knife skills. Then we learned like all fabrications of all different proteins, like chicken, lamb, veal, fish, seafood like shellfish like everything then we did sauces and soups so we learned like the french mother sauces and then the daughter sauces and build that onto soups then it was like dry heat cooking moist heat cooking 
um, steaming, poaching, frying, everything. Then we start doing like regional cuisine, Italian regional cooking, French regional cooking, Asian regional cooking. (laughs) But it was so fast paced. And so it's like, that's why every day I'm like, oh my God, like I'm opening my eyes. I'm like a sponge absorbing so much information. So I'm honestly, that's why I'm glad I captured everything because it is a lot to take in. It's like hard to like imagine, but in six months time, it's crazy how much we've done. What was the most difficult thing that you were you had to learn? Tempering chocolate. I've never had more appreciation for like chocolate tears or chocolate masters before. The process was literally like so frustrating. It, the process of tempering chocolate is like it's science, 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 science. It's not even just like art of cooking. You have to like. And you tried to get away from the science. I know. And now you're back. Well, I like the culinary science part, but it was just crazy. There's like beta crystals in chocolate, and you have to like bring it up to a certain temperature, then drop it down. We did a seeding method, which is known to be harder. For what I, from what I've heard, there's also like a tabling method, and so you like add in cold chocolate chips to this like chocolate that you heated to a certain temperature to get it down to like this like four degree range. And in that four degree range, you like check it to see if it's ready. And it doesn't just because it's in that range and it's everything's melted and right doesn't mean that it's necessarily tempered. So that day and then if it goes, then you like heat it up if it gets lower than that temperature. But if it goes above those four degrees, you have to restart. So it was like an hour and a half, two hours of us tempering chocolate. And it was insanity. But let me tell you, when you got it finally tempered or in temper, as they say, it was like the best feeling ever. You're like, ah, but after that whole thing, I was like, I don't know that I'm going to be tempering chocolate anytime soon. Yeah, my <laughs> chocolate tempered. Like, I've learned in culinary school that, like, yes, it's been cool learning everything, but there are certain things I'd rather just buy from the store. What, what did we bring along here? I'm like oh. looking at this. And was this brought here for a reason to talk about? Uh, so, this is uh, the final hunk of guanciale that I have left from Italy. So, guanciale is a porticic. It's the cheek of the pig, and it's uh, a common ingredient used in carbonara. Why don't you tell us about how you make a great carbonara? Okay, so this this is very hot on the moment because I posted this video that's kind of been uh, popping off on social media. Um, but I tried a different way of making it recently. So I basically um, started it classically, where you like cut up the guanciale or you know pancetta or bacon, whatever you have like access to, because the guanciale can be hard to find chop it up, um, put it in a saute pan, cook it kind of like medium low, render that fat, then fry it in its own fat, get it beautiful golden brown crispy, take it out of the pan and like put it on a paper towel. Then we're going to crack some eggs and separate the yolks and the whites. To the yolks, I'm adding grated pecorino romano cheese, forming that like kind of like nice paste. And then I'm adding a little bit of that um, rendered fat from the guanciale in there just to season it. Now, those egg whites, where a lot of people would just toss them, I whip them up. So I whip them not like crazy. We're not trying to get crazy stiff peaks, but just like with a hand whisk or a fork, um, get them like really frothy and a little foamy. And then when I cook the pasta, so I cook now I toss my pasta in the boiling water, cook it under al dente because, you know, you're going to like carry it over while you're tossing with the rest of the ingredients. So crack some fresh ground pepper into that leftover guanciale grease. Um, and then bring our pasta that's in there, add some pasta water. We start with the egg yolk pecorino mix and I'm kind of emulsify that and it's looking beautiful already. But now I hit it with that egg white 
And that egg white foam really helps to like aerate and make the pasta like creamy and light. And to the point where like it honestly looks like there's cream in it, but there's no cream in it. It's just cheese, guanciale and eggs. And that's it. And the pasta. I definitely need the carbonara dish. So yeah. Well, word on the street is we might be trying a carbonara baked breakfast sandwich. Yes, ma'am. How did you get into social media and Instagram and TikTok and posting all your videos and online? What was your start? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So it's funny. I like resisted it at first, ironically. So I always wanted to be like on TV. I was saying that earlier. Um, But it's weird because when TikTok blew up, I was in college and some of my friends were starting to get on it and people were like, oh, go on TikTok. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to. I'm not used to it. Like, I like like Instagram, Facebook, like that's enough. Like we don't need, we don't need this TikTok. So during COVID actually, I started doing like long form YouTube videos and my brother was helping me do them and they were like getting some decent views, but like nothing crazy. So I made an Instagram to like help promote this like YouTube that we're doing. Then he got busy and like he couldn't keep doing it. And while I was doing the YouTube videos, people were like, go on TikTok, go on TikTok. Didn't go on TikTok. I still resisted it until a year later. So it was like now a year after COVID, like March, March of 2021, I think. So I finally go on TikTok. I'm like, all right, let's go on TikTok. So I started posting recipe videos. Um, and, you know, it was like interesting because I was doing it for a while. And, you know, I had like a couple that would like take off and then some that weren't. I was still in college. So I was like busy with classes and Finn just like being in college. But I was, you know, really trying to like start developing this social page. I was like setting myself schedules, cooking, editing, posting doing it for a while um and it was like very fluctuate like it was fluctuating like i'd have a video do well one not do so great so like the key that i've learned now and like doing it and it kind of was forced to from school was just being consistent with it and so i think like maybe if i was more consistent then it would have done better but basically just like was posting on and off and then i actually tore my east acl my senior year of college and this summer for a month i was home and i wasn't doing anything and i started getting serious about this again i'm like okay, I graduated college. I'm going to be working now um, in business, but in the food field. And, you know, I have this time, but like, let's see what, you know, let me get serious about posting it. So I started posting these videos again. And that's kind of like right before school started. And then when school started, I was like, okay, let's keep posting it on there. But the cool part about it, and I heard someone talking about like social media the the other day, and I thought this was really interesting. They were saying that we live in a world now where because of social media, you have the ability to like, make build a business build a brand around your personality and i feel like that was an interesting thought for me because you know i always had wanted to be on tv and it's like it was funny because at a point like when people were really blowing up on tiktok i was like oh my god there's so many people like every tom dick and harry now thinks that they're like the next chef and they like are posting all these food videos and i'm like wait i actually like really want to do this like i wanted that to be my career so now it just got so much harder because like you know, the, it was competitive. Could Anybody could do it. Anybody could say they got the best bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, I could say it, but they got to have the product to follow it up. Um, but that was like an interesting like thought to me. And it's like, then I was seeing it as like, oh my God, like I was looking at it from the negative side, like, oh, it's so competitive. But now that I'm like in it and like have started really growing a following, like I see it as like now my platform, like my social media, like brands for me are like, like, this is like, I can build this up. Like, this is my way of like, you know, reaching the world, reaching like so many different audiences. And like, I don't need necessarily to be on Somebody TV else that. filming you. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm doing this with my phone, like propped up like that. And like, 
I genuinely am just like sharing like me, my personality, my passion. And like to be able to like capture so much attention from people has been like insane. And that's kind of like been the kind of the process of growing my social media, I think. Do you ever see yourself having your own Food Network show? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I I see the Food Network show. I see the cookbooks. I see like the box and pans. Restaurant. I see the restaurants, but I have to say. And I feel like it's kind of maybe next, no? I don't know. You know, I have a lot of friends that own restaurants. It's tough. It's a tough industry. Yeah. And before we sign off here, what's some of the best advice you can give for people that want to get into culinary school and pursue their dreams of being a chef? I think that my biggest advice would be to just like really tune out the noise around you and listen to like (laughs) what listen to yourself and what you want to do and i think that a lot of people will have a lot of opinions about what's best for you you know do this do that don't do this but you have to do what you want to do and i genuinely believe that when you are doing something that you are passionate about and that you love success will follow because i know that a lot of people especially in the culinary field are concerned about like not being able to make like a good living or doing this or doing that and i just think that when you're passionate like you will get there you will defy the odds you will be happy with what you're doing and not care about all the other things so just really put your head down go to work and just tune out all the noise around you try and get one percent better every day i think you're also expanding everybody's thoughts of mine of what it takes to make it in the food industry it doesn't necessarily mean you got to serve meals every day and that's something that I think is broadening these days where you can get passionate about or you can be involved in food. Absolutely. Those Absolutely. People ask me, they're like, well, what do you want to do after culinary school? Do you want to, you know, go work in a restaurant? Because that's like the most common thing that I think people associate with culinary school. But we live in a different time now. Yeah. You know, we have like 100%, yeah. so many different careers that didn't exist that now do exist. So that. that's another important thing, too. Like if you're interested in culinary or the food world, like don't be afraid to explore different things. There's like food editing, food styling, like food and like the food and media bubble on its own has like a million different things under it. So don't be afraid to like try and explore and do different things. And where can we find you on socials and everything? So you can find me at Flavors by Ale on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, Facebook. You know, my mom made me go on Facebook for her and her friends. They're still on Facebook. But yeah. I'm super excited to see where your journey takes you. You know, you've already had such an amazing career and I could see that it's going to be even more amazing in the years to come. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm like, Queens represent. Am I right? Represent. Let's get one more Yankee chat. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Yankees. That was great. We out. We out. Special things happen at Utopia Bagel. Special guest Angela. That was that was a very nice introduction. All right. That's the mom. Before we start, though, I just want to. How do you say your last name? Chufo. Chufo. I know it is hard. Flavors by Al or Al? Ale. Ale. Ale.